Peace and love to you and yours. I am Brandon, a.k.a. Shallow in the Deep. This is the Garden Podcast, where we plant the seed, nurture the roots, and work through the fertilizer of life, because at the end of the day, we're all dealing with some shit. Let's grow together. Peace and love to you and yours. Back again for another episode of the Garden Podcast. With me are two of my best friends, my my niggas, my homies. I got Nick to the left of me. Last episode, I called him a piece of shit a, a few times. It's probably gonna happen again this episode. And then to directly across from me is the roomie, the room slice roommate, brother man, Victor, Victor Hugo. Cynthia Dodd. Hugo, Hugo Bangs. Hugo Bangs. Oh, wow. State your set. State my set. <laughs> episode one, y'all. Episode one. The, the very first one. You heard one. that shit? I you was heard. on the first one. The first one. <laughs> the, <laughs> the first. <laughs> we ain't hating. We ain't hating. No uh, hate. It's just, all it's all peace reckon, and love. We recognizing. We recognizing. You know what I'm saying? Nah, so here we are to talk about yeah. masculinity of the toxic variety. Uh, just kind of dissecting our lives as men, as men of color, and really digging through all of the bullshit. Um, the good thing with all of us is that we are very much in touch with our emotions and everything, and we're very open with each other. Definitely. Uh, I mean, for those of you that have been following the podcast, I mean, you heard the first episode with me and Vic, and Nick has been on, what was it, just one episode? I will rec- we recorded that like <coughs> two or three times. So, y'all are familiar with these two individuals. Um, so, to start, I think... We should take a look at our upbringings, really. Um, so, me personally, I was raised by a single mother. So, I've noticed that I am very much in touch with my feminine side, as I've been told before. Um, what, Nick, you were raised by your mom, right? And your stepdad? Yeah, um, by my stepdad. Came into our lives pretty early. Um, I want to say like two, three. Mm-hmm. Around, at least. Stepped out as unfortunately a lot of our uh, fathers do, you know, in a culture mm-hmm. background. But nevertheless, um, yeah, I mean, and I feel like being a being a boy, you kind of just have that natural draw attention to your mom. So oh, I've, I've always grew up as a boy. Same. <laughs> I am a mama's boy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And what about you, Vic? So. My parents legally separated. I mean, my, they didn't divorce, but they separated. I was probably six or seven when they separated. My dad moved off and everything. He was still in our lives. Like, you know, I give him that credit. He was still in our lives. Shout out to my dad. I love him to death. He's still my dad. I, I still love him. And they look exactly alike. We, yeah, exactly. We, we look alike, so I get a lot of my, my boyish good looks from my dad. But uh, I was definitely raised by my mother. Um, basically worked um, and uh, did what she could for us and then my sister also um, rest 
piece uh, to my sister, but uh, she was also a person that uh, raised me. It was just my mom and my sister at first, and then after my sister died, my dad came back. So, but I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I was raised by by my mom, and um, definitely like both of you guys, mom's a boy, and my mom's. You you can tell. I mean, you know from from listening to me when when we leave work. Who's one of the first people I call? I call my, my daughter, mm-hmm. and then daughter, my your mom. mom, and then you talk to your dad last after that. Yes, she passes in the phone. Yes, yep. That's how, <laughs> and that's how it is, you know. But I always got to give my mom respect. I call her first before I call my dad. Mm-hmm. So she's she's definitely my queen and, and everything. She's always gonna be my queen, my person. Um, and then my daughter, of course. But, sure. uh, yeah, that's that's my upbringing. Um, so I like we we all have very similar upbringing. Coming from bad neighborhoods and everything else, so I'm sure there's a lot of shit that y'all have witnessed firsthand from like the men in our community. Um, for me, as far as having male role models, uh, I've spoken before. I, I'm not sure if I, I think I spoke on the first episode. Like biggest male influence in my life was my cousin Terry. Like that's been my dog from day one. So as far as positive male figures in my life like I had several but he is the main one that I could point at and say okay like above all else I got all my goodness you know with except front as far as men in my family I got it from him mm-hmm. um I can recall I think my earliest uh I guess encounter with what may be considered toxic masculinity is just noticing the other dudes on the block and like noticing how they talk to women or just how they behave. So I think one thing that is very prevalent in our communities is ego and violence. Yeah. Um, me personally, I've never been a fighter. <laughs> like I've always been, I've had a few fights in my lifetime. I've won them. Have I lost a fight? I don't think I've lost a fight. But I'm a lover first and foremost. And I think I get that from my mom. Uh, what about you? You look like a fighter, Nick. You look like a troublemaker. I like fighting, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, did MMA, and I did wrestling. I just like to fight. Um, Nevertheless, though, I feel that, though. You know, growing up, you know, with my biological dad walking out so early on, you know, you kind of... I had an early on mindset of what a a shitty male figure looks like in somebody's life, you know? And unlike Vic, you know, where you still have that respect for your dad, like me, he's not even my dad. Like, he's oh, just trust. a sperm donor. Trust. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Level, level 100, like, dead ass. Like, anybody who knows me, like, on a, on a deep level will know, like, the impact that my dad made on my life. My, mm-hmm. You know, people, well, my stepdad, but to me, that's my dad. I Yeah, I don't even refer to him as your stepdad. Like, exactly. That's your dad. Yeah. And then, like, you know... From an early on age, you know, I had him to look up to, but the biggest influence in my life, which is also the reason why I chose my line name, for mm-hmm. those who don't know, uh, is is my, my grandfather. His yeah. no, his name was Hideaki, which in turn turned into my line name, mm-hmm. just because of the type of man that he was in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And growing up, he was that typical head of household, like, I'm going to make sure to take care of not only my wife, but I'm also going to take care of my daughters and my grandkids, mm-hmm. you know, which are me and my brother, you know, at the time, and my mom. And it's like, you know, just everything in the type of man that he was, like, it was like a walking role model of, like, I wanted to be that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, 
I understand that, you know, it's like growing up, you see a lot of, you know, trouble in our neighborhoods and you see drug dealers, people, you know, who rep sets and it's like, do you want to be in that or what do you want to do? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you see that as the norm and it mm-hmm. kind of sucks to say, it's like, you see, you see people on the block and it's like, okay, it's either that, they say school is bad, so I'm kind of forced to be in that nature, natural mm-hmm. environment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... But, you know, you do got to get surrounded by people who have that mindset to break that, that toxic, yeah. the, you know, that toxicity. Yeah. Break that um, cycle. Exactly. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things that, you know, I I, I think that when we, re- we relate the most is that we all have broken that cycle and we got mm-hmm. something better with ourselves. Oh, you know? yeah. We're all that's college educated men, you know what I mean? True that. True. True that. I think, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, like, to... Like when I think back to my childhood and I think back to some of the problematic shit that I saw or learned, like I didn't realize it was problematic until much later. Like I think like my stepdad I love my stepdad. And it's funny because he recently apologized to me. Because he said, like, I was being candid about depression and everything. He suffers from anxiety. So, uh, like, he's dealing with that. And he sent me a text and he apologized for anything that he may have done that contributed to my depression. Which was, I didn't even respond because I was just like, oh, shit. (laughs) Holy fuck. But he told me, he was like, I was kind of winging it at this dad shit. Like, I... Didn't know what I was doing all the time. Because he grew up without a father. So it's an interesting cycle to see where he grew up without a dad. Was in my life. Although he and my mom are not together anymore. He was very much an integral part of my life. For a majority of it. Um, But it's interesting to hear him. or, Or rather to read him say that. He didn't know what he was doing all the time. So I think back to some of the shit that he like taught me or would try to teach me or whatever, and it was like I don't really want to do this. Like he he wanted me to be a fighter because his biological son is. So like I remember him asking us one day because we we used to have bus passes, and the rule with my parents was you got a bus pass. You want to take the bus somewhere? Go ahead and go. As long as you got money for it, you got a bus pass, go ahead. So, he asked us one day, you know, some dudes run up on you. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm running. And my stepbrother was like, well, I'm fighting. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, how you going to run and he fighting? And I'm like, how he going to fight if I'm running? Like, (laughs) he doesn't have to fight. You know what I'm saying? Because my stepbrother's natural instinct was to just start swinging. And I'm like... I'm assessing the situation. If it's four dudes, they're all taller than us. I'm gone. I'm out of here. So I remember feeling in that conversation in particular being like, okay, so I have to be a fighter? Like, I don't, I don't like being angry. I don't like fighting. Why do I have to do that? You know what I mean? But I realized he was kind of preaching street smarts. I was always book smart. I didn't, I didn't get street smart until I became a teenager. You know what I'm saying? So, but when he asked me this, I was in, like, middle school, so I was like, why do I have to worry about this, <laughs> you know? Um, but, like, he, my stepdad was one to preach, like, 
fighting and and not letting another man test your ego or whatever. And I never understood that because on the flip side, I got my mom who was teaching me to be a lover instead of a fighter. And she would preach only fight if you absolutely have to. If you can de-escalate a situation, then do that. And ego, there was no room for ego with my mom. Like, with her, she was just like, nah, let all that shit go. Like, there's no room for that. There's no need for it, you know? So, very, very contrasting parenting styles. And naturally for me, I gravitated towards what my mom was teaching because it made more sense to me, you know? Um, but as far as like dealings with women and stuff like that, like the majority of the examples that I had around me were shit. You know, I had uncles who had multiple women, my grandfather to this day, multiple women. And I'll never forget, like, I remember seeing that and thinking like, okay, then, you know, if these men that I look up to are doing this, this is the, this is the way to go. But luckily for me, my mom was always in my ear, like, nah, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. And I recall my uncle. <laughs> so, backstory to this he was dating two women at the same time. They would always be at the house. There was one girl, I'll never forget it, white girl named Christina. She's a sweetheart. Look, she kind of looked like JLo. I remember that. And she was there all the time. I liked her. She was cool as fuck. I was like maybe eight or something like that. So I was cool with her. Then, I started bringing this super short black woman around. I'm like, hmm, she's different. Don't know her. Never, never talked to her. Never met her. She's in our house because my uncle lived with us at the time. And I guess Christina found out fucked up part was she asked me if I had ever seen my uncle with another woman and I'm like yeah because I'm like eight years old I'm not gonna lie because my mom raised me not to lie I snitched my uncle out here's the fucked up thing though well the other fucked up thing about this story my uncle shows me a picture of the other girl it's like, is this her? He's giving me that look. He's giving me that look right there. Like, come on, nephew. Like, this ain't her. Don't say don't yes. Do but don't do it. I completely missed that look. I don't know what that means. But I look at the picture and it jogs my I'm like, oh. yeah, that's her. And like, <laughs> it was the weirdest shit. I remember being so uncomfortable because I'm like, I just had the feeling like, okay, this is not a good situation. You know, fucked up, hey, bro. Uh, yeah, like, cause when she when when she was asking me, like, she got down to my level and she was talking to me. She's like, you can tell me, and I'm like, oh no. And my uncle's like behind her, like, come on, nephew, like, cause I think it was like time for me to take a shower, go to bed, or whatever. I was like, come on, like trying to get me to do my routine. So I'm like, conflicted. My brain is wired to do something, but it's also wired to answer this question that this adult is asking me. So, that whole shit blows up or whatever, and I remember getting in trouble with him, and the <laughs> he asked me, he's like, well, what if, uh, he started naming people in our family, like naming men in our family, well, what if this person was asking you to, to not tell, 
would you still sell? And I was like, yeah, because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Then he used my my grandfather. He's like, what if it was Pawpaw? Yeah, I'm telling on him. What? Like, what are you trying to get at here? I'm so confused, right? My mom is not home at the time. So I'm just like thrown for a loop. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm in trouble. I, I didn't lie. What did I do? I, what's, what's going on here? What did I say? And I don't know if, like, my mom and him had a talk about it. I assume they did. Because, <laughs> um, like, the next day, what my uncle used to do, um, we would take walks around the neighborhood, like, around our block. And he would just talk to me, like, teach me life shit, teach me about business and everything else. So we took a walk. And I remember being scared because I'm like, are you mad at me or whatever? But he, one of the lessons that he gave me that day, that I still remember to this day, he said... Nephew, never have more than one girlfriend. It's too much work. Because it may be fun for a while, but someone's going to get hurt. And it is too much work. I was like, all right, you're going to tell me twice. Like, (laughs) too much work? Cool, I'm good. And I remember him also saying, he's like, don't be like me. Don't be like your cousins. Don't be like your papa. And I'm like, but I, I love all these dudes. He's like... Don't do better than us. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's that walk that day still sticks out in my mind, cause it was just so strange to me, like <laughs> being in that situation. Like, first of all, old girl shouldn't have put me in that situation. That's fucked up. That's very yeah, damn. Fuck her. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck her for that. You <laughs> gonna use my sensibilities as a goddamn eight year old? Cause you know I think you're pretty and shit, and you're nice to me. <laughs> you know. Like, that's that's fucked up. But that was the first time I, like, realized, like, oh, this is... You're doing bad. You're fucking up. This is not okay. Why would you do that? I don't think he learned his lesson, but... Whatever. In all honesty, man, I'm like, I'm glad you brought that subject up, because that is a big thing I feel with, like, dudes, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. You know, we're on the podcast. This is us for being, like, truthful. Uh, I go lie. Like, I, I've talked to, you know, a few girls at one time. <clears throat> Sometimes when I shouldn't have been talking to another girl. Because uh-huh. you're a piece of shit. Because I'm exactly. <laughs> Damn, bro. We're not even 20 minutes in and I called you a piece of bro, shit. Bro, exactly. I am a piece of <laughs> shit. That's cool. But, but here's the thing, though, right? Mm-hmm. And for you are know, you trying, are you trying to mansplain? <laughs> you trying to mansplain your voice and what happened was <laughs> no, but honestly, in, in we all were honesty, taking a break. <laughs> you don't know, I've used that. Okay, okay, Ross I've, I've from that, Friends. I've used <laughs> that. <laughs> that <laughs> we were on a break. No, but then I and I do, you know, and, and I, I admit it. But I, and I own up to it, right? And yeah. it's it's one of those things that where every man got to come to a point where they where they own up to the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, in previous relationships, I fucked up. I was in that that same mindset that Vic just bought. I know it's jokingly, but I did say some shit like that. Oh, we were we were on a break. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. We weren't together. You know what I mean? And it's like you kind of use excuse after excuse, and you know it takes a lot for a person to admit they're wrong, right? right. And, you know, it's like this is me saying like I'm, I was wrong for that shit. You mm-hmm. know, that's like mm-hmm. I feel like every guy has to get to that point because it's like you 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 start to realize. The more relationships you go through, mm-hmm. that like either a time is running out, mm-hmm. and b the shit just doesn't make sense. Like if you've ever been hurt before, you know 
that it doesn't feel too good. So right. why would you inflict that same pain on somebody right, else? Right, right. And it's like, you know, it, it shit, I came to that realization like last year, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't treat somebody like that because then that shit's gonna come back to you. It's karma. It's karma. gonna bite you in the ass. Yeah. And it bit me and I was like, it yeah. ate up my whole ass. Like, yeah. like groceries. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in all honesty though, it's like, I feel like with guys though, and you know, I don't know if you've heard this term before, but like they have, especially men in, in the Hispanic culture, and you know, African American men have this too, but they have a different term for it. But you know, in the Hispanic culture, it's that machismo. It's yeah. like that, yeah. like oh, like I, I deserve. I have like, I have to boast my masculinity out because yeah. I deserve yeah. to get to have multiple girls on my shoulder. I have, I'm, I deserve to have multiple girls on my dick. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm I'm superior than everybody else, and it's like I feel like Hispanics, you know, Hispanic dude, they grow up into that where it's like they have that mindset early on because maybe it's shown from their father figures or whatever it is, but that it's it's just that that ego, and I feel like that ego is what gets men into trouble. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, I'm not gonna get caught. I never get caught. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, it, and even if I do get caught, so what? Yeah, and if I do get caught, so what? Right. Like <laughs> it is what it is. Like it there's, is what it is. there's so yeah. many girls out there. You know what I mean? It's like. But you have to understand Plenty more too. fish in the sea. Exactly. But you get you get to a point where it's like you, you hurt somebody and then you don't really realize it until later down the line when mm-hmm. you, when you, that you hurt somebody. And that's not because you you barely you com- comprehend what, what happened. You, you comprehended what happened when you did. Mm-hmm. But you didn't understand it and you didn't... You couldn't resemble their pain because you never felt it before. Right. It's and like then saying, once once you do, yeah, then it's you're like, like, oh, it's like, and, and for all of us, terrible. all of us guys in the room, <laughs> it's like when you get hit in the nuts, you're just like, ah, oh, damn, like that hurts. But if you've never been hit there before, you can't relate. But if somebody gets popped in the balls, like, you like, be like, oh, like because you know how bad that hurts. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing, like when you know when when you hurt all these females, mm-hmm. it's not until you get hurt by that one person mm-hmm. that you just realize that, like, damn, like. I actually really, really fucked up, and mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times it's 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 too late to apologize to people. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, it's like you got to be honest to yourself before you can be mm-hmm. honest to other people, and I feel like that is one biggest thing that you know, and mm-hmm. full circle, the, you know, math and and man, men, um, sometimes our egos are just too high, shit, all just too big. I I I said this before. A majority of the world's problems can be boiled down to male ego. Facts. Masculinity so fragile. Like, if you think about the things that we do as men in society, or just how we behave, how we carry ourselves, it's all down to ego. Think of like, like, we talked about this last time, right? So, when you ready to fight, we go out, you ready to fight. Ego. It is. And it's usually because somebody either disrespected me or hit on the person I'm talking to mm-hmm. or something that hurt my or bruised my tiny little ego uh-huh. and it made me want to, you know, throw hands or that's what uh-huh. And then who's, who's the sensible voice in your fucking ear or at your shoulder because I'm shorter than you? <laughs> Angel Brandon behind me like, my guy, chill. I don't know if you're right doing this, but I got your back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like... That's that's all it boils down to. Being ready to fight, ready to cuss the motherfucker out, or even just pursuing multiple people, whatever. Like it's all ego. And it ties down to what you were saying earlier, right? With you know your stepdad. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Throwing hands or running. Like, that's more, that's an ego thing. Like, yeah. he thought because of his ego, I'm a man, I need to teach my son how to fight mm-hmm. instead of being sensible and be like, mm-hmm. no, like, he may not have to fight. He right. may have to run away. Like, right. the thing about it is that it's like that ego. Like you said, man, it's like your ego blinds your thoughts on everything. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, in that same situation of the fight or run, you can fight, but what if dude pulls out a gun? What if somebody pull out a knife? Then what? Then what? They call him Vic. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, call him Vic. Call because, him Vic. Because of the fucking man machismo, man. It's fucking That machismo this. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel very safe living with this nigga, bro. Because <laughs> like, my ego is not big enough. Well, and I'll take it back. Sometimes it is. About certain things. But... My my propensity for violence. I'm not even sure if I'm using that word right. I think I am. You are. You are. Okay, word. So my propensity for violence is very low. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know me. I'm very zen. I'm very, yo. It is what it is, fam. But I keep niggas around me that are about that. Like I'm about that action. They're a bit quicker than me. So I might look. I might look y'all way. Like, hey, is this a situation that I should be mad about? <laughs> should I be ready to pop off? But I know if y'all are telling me, nah, 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 it's, it's whatever. All right, cool. 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 But in certain situations, I know, all right, I'm calling Vic. Easy, easy call. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, this is out, this is beyond my realm, my ego realm. It's outlandish. This is outlandish. This is beyond me. You know? It was about that shit, me. Um, yeah. And that, and that, again, plays with the whole. Toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I'm willing to do stupid shit like that uh-huh. um, ties into that. Um, and going off of what Nick was saying about you know male machismo and everything in the Hispanic community, there's there's a term that they use for um, people that like to have multiple women. It's called Don Juan. Um, so that also plays into well, another thing in the toxic masculinity of not being able to show your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that it's easy for guys, a lot of guys, to go ahead and have one and one women, and when they get caught, they don't give a shit, is because they can't show emotion, they can't show feeling. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's what happens a lot. It, it's it's and, and I can attest to this. Um, it happened to me when I was younger. I mean, mm-hmm. now that I'm I'm a lot older, um, I'm too old for that shit. Yeah. But when you're young, you're you're always trying to you know have the most girls. You know you see all these people with you know one, two, three girlfriends and everything, and they're managing. So yeah. you want to try to do the same thing. You're you're trying to become the Don Juan of, of your clique, your group, whatever, um, because you got the most girls and everything, and um, you don't really show emotion after something happens. You know, oh, whatever, I can get another girl. Blah blah blah. blah. So yeah. there there's that. Another thing with when you guys are saying about the male ego is um, a lot of times this comes into play with the road rage. You know me. Yes. Uh-huh. My God. Uh-huh. Speak on that shit. Yeah. Road rage is one of the big things with me. And the reason I have really bad road rage is because I drive a big vehicle. Yeah. I drive a big Jeep. So if I hit someone, I ain't feeling that shit. Yeah. And it's because of that. That's helping me... Um, boost my my ego is because you know i have the jeep and another thing one of the other things that boosts my ego is i'm always armed true so if something were to pop off i'm good, <laughs> I'm good. you know i always say i'm good you know if they come out with a knife they come out swinging with the bat whatever <laughs> bad day for them but a lot of times we depend on especially depending on the vehicle that you're driving if you're driving a big vehicle you don't give a shit 
yeah. because people have to move out of your way, especially if they have a small vehicle. A lot of times we don't realize that, do we really care if they cut us off? Is, you know, is the couple of seconds that we're gaining to get to our destination because we have to slow down, is it worth it? You know, is it worth us getting mad? Mm-hmm. We forget that. Yeah. We forget that. We're always, you know, trying to get to our, you know, from point A to point B the quickest time possible. Yeah. We always forget to enjoy the ride there. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of us have a lot of this road race. We got to get to the place where we're going. We got to get there. We got to get there the quickest. Mm-hmm. And when someone cuts us off because we have to slow down or we have to, you know, adjust our speed, we get so frustrated. We get Shit. so mad. That was both of us last night. Exactly. All the way to the concert. Because I was for sure like, fuck out the way. What yeah. The- Oh, what the fuck are and you doing? Remember, I'm driving a, a little ass car, and I'm like, oh, I better slow down. Yeah, like, because ah. <laughs> I got a little ass car. I don't have my Jeep right now, so um, had I had my Jeep, all the lights would have went on. <laughs> Boom, I would have lit them up. It's but it's funny too because I remember like when I first moved in with you, like when you first got the Jeep, it, it got worse because it, it was it was bad as yeah, because I had the small was. Jeep. Yeah, the smaller Jeep, but it was still like, oh, you motherfucker, like, right, right, fuck right. out the way. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo. Bro, remember with the other Jeep I had the red and blue lights on it? Yes. Yes, I do remember. I miss that Jeep. R.I.P. Rambo. So, so yeah, <laughs> when I had the smaller Jeep, I, I was with the sheriff's office. So, yeah. I my, my Jeep, uh, my POV, uh, personally operated vehicle, uh, as they call it, when you used to call it POV, um, I was able to use it in a official capacity with the sheriff's office. So, I had lights and sirens on that yep. boy. Um, one of the things we're not supposed to do, we're, we're not used in a, an official capacity with the sheriff's office is use those red and blue lights. But, you know, you always have to fight the urge. When someone cuts you off, you flip them. Just for a quick second. So they can get out your way. So. And, you, and you had that tent on the window so they couldn't oh, yeah, see? Oh, yeah, they could not see on the Woo! inside. Boy, that was all they, all, they saw, all they saw was red and blue lights and they heard bass. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck kind of color is this? <laughs> <laughs> but, but honestly, like, and that's true. You know what I'm saying? It, there's all different types of it when it comes to driving. Like, you have your big truck. Mm-hmm. I have a fast car. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, somebody pulls course. up next to me. Prime example, I was at Dutch Bros last night, right? And this dude in the parking lot was revving his engine. Well, I was like, bet, I have a loud-ass exhaust. Like, you want to rev your shit? Let's rev mine. So I started revving my shit. And it, it, I mean, personally, I didn't do it out, out of, like, an ego thing, but I just thought it was funny. Like, I don't know why this guy just randomly revving his engine, like, in a Dutchman parking lot. So I was like, ego. so yeah, I'm like, all right, so then I'm going to do it, too. Like, and then and he kept looking back. See, that's also bad, laughing. too. Like, oh, you doing it? I'm doing it, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're really yeah. reinforces his ego, because exactly. you're, you're, you're doing it. But it's like, my, my dick's bigger than yours. Exactly. But it's, like, mm-hmm. in the same sense, too. Like, right? Like, you have your bigger, you have your, your Jeep, the big, the big Jeep. I have a fast car. People, you always see those memes or those pictures of like, oh, that's a, like a guy with the lifted truck. He's you know, overcompensating, overcompensating, overcompensating for a small penis. Yeah, and it's but, like, I mean, oh, you guys see my penis? It's pretty big. <laughs> we we are in my room. <laughs> we all just say they just laid out. <laughs> we're, we're all in our chonies right now. <laughs> Chilling. But seriously though, like it's like you know, if somebody cuts me off on the on the road, like. I get pissed off, and mm-hmm. so what, what do I do? I draw, I dump the clutch, mm-hmm. go from fourth to second, and go in front of that bitch, because mm-hmm. the car is fast enough to do it. Nobody can really pull away unless their car is faster than mine, and it's mm-hmm. like very rare do I have somebody that can pull away without me being able to get in front of them and then you know brake check the fuck out of them. And mm-hmm. it's like 
is there a necessary need for that? No. no, no, no. It's more so just the ego. Like, yeah. I have a fast I've, car. And you I've been off. in the car with both of y'all. And each time I'm just like, yo. <laughs> That's, that's not really necessary, the, but okay, go on. And the thing is, we rub off on him. So, like, when he's... Dog! What the fuck? Dog! Dog! I hate being on the phone with my mom when I'm at work. Because, I'm in, y'all seen my van. I'm in the big-ass van. Yeah. And it's the same shit. Plus, it's a, it's a safety thing. Like, you cut me off. I can't stop on a dime in this thing. Like... That's my whole issue. Yeah, I cannot stop on a dime in this giant-ass fucking milk crate on wheels like i can't fucking do this shit so you cut me off if i ran into you that's your ass you want a small ass prius that is your ass i'm not going to feel it but there's still repercussions to that now i'm gonna have to do a drug test and i don't know i don't know if i've smoked in the last week so i can't pass you know like that's that's putting my job at risk so now we have a problem Plus, people just drive very stupid. But you've definitely rubbed off on me because before, I didn't have road rage. But then, I also didn't drive because I didn't have that job right, yet. Right. So, the whole road rage experience was foreign to me because my mom also doesn't have road rage. My mom, my mom is the slowest driver ever. We love you. I love you, mom. I love you, mom. But <laughs> oh my god. And I know y'all have seen me tweet about it. Whenever I go back home and I got to ride with mom. Bro, yeah, for real. Zah! Like the stories. Like, Zah! Bro, I got to tell you my mom was driving. Bro, my mom had some badass road rage. Like, my mom dead ass would be like, you motherfucker, go up right next to him, stare out the window, and, and like just sit there and stare at the red light. And I'm like, mom, you know, maybe get out see? the car and fight somebody for you. Like, see? And see, it's ego. Ego. Because for me... Being out here is different than being in LA. Cause being out here, I'm a big ass black dude with dreads. Mm-hmm. I'm always wearing shades. So motherfuckers drive stupid <laughs> around me. Around, look at <laughs> Duh. Look straight. Duh. Yo, look real straight. shit. Real shit. People they'll oh, cut shit. me off or whatever. Oh, shit. Or, you know, they'll get mad at me because I got over or whatever in my van. They pull up looking, then they see me and they're like, uh, Oh. Okay. And then and then I look, because I'm okay. like, what? Hey, hey y'all. What? Your van's uh, pretty big. Hey, nice. Thanks. Duh. Good and it's, it's, oh, that's pure ego. Pure yeah. ego. Because I'm like, it is. now I know you're scared. Because I see the bitch in you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm Say saying? Say something. Say, it's, I dare you. I, I wish a nigga would. <laughs> and it's fucking awful. Because I always feel awful after so I'm like, uh, let me chill. Like, let me, let me relax. I'm, I'm wilding right now. But see, that's another thing too, though. Like, when you can... And then it kind of goes back to what you're saying, like, oh, I know I can fuck with you because I just seen a bitch in you. Yeah. Like, when you see the bitch in somebody, it makes it makes your ego jump that much more. Oh, because, yeah. Especially, like, me, like, I've had people look like a bitch in front of me multiple times, and I'm like, I'm 160 pounds, dude. I'm like, you you guys, whoever is listening to this podcast, if you know me, y'all know I'm skinny as fuck. That nigga so, tiny. So if, I, so if I instill some type of, like, bitch in you, and you're just, like, looking away, when you're I'm looking at you dead in your eyes, I'm like... You literally like scared me for what? Like See, and back, that's, and that's why I always back you up because usually, I and I've seen that happen. I've seen Nick get ready to swing on somebody. He's staring somebody down. They don't see me because I'm short. All I see is like my hair above his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and I've told people this before. Like I, when I'm with my boys or whatever, you'll catch me in the cut, ready to sneak any nigga that walk up. Because nine times out of ten with Nick. 
He's focused on the one dude in front of him. He doesn't see the two other guys across the way looking at the situation. So then that's when I'm looking like, okay, I'll peep y'all. Then they see me and they're like, hmm, he has a lot of rings on his hand. <laughs> I don't want those problems. It will hurt. Like, every, every fucking time. Because it's being being from from the hood, we carry ourselves differently. I'm sure y'all seen plenty of motherfuckers get knocked out. Yeah. You know, we've seen these get their ass beat. Rocked. I've, like, one of, one of my favorite things that uh, Deezus and Mero say, shout out to Deezus and Mero, they always say, you can tell who's never been punched in the face before. They carry themselves very differently. Oh, yeah. They're scared of a fight, but they'll still, like, have that bravado, they'll have that ego. When you've been punched in the face before, you realize it's not going to kill you? What's a fight? What's a punch in the face? It's nothing. It's nothing. You know what I'm saying? But you'll walk away from it. Mm -hmm. Majority of the time, you're still swinging. Majority (laughs) of the time, you're still swinging. Hell, it's even more so for people that have been shot at or actually shot, stabbed, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I've definitely been shot at before. So, it's like when you've... Prime fucking example. When that dude pulled, we always go back to this story. We always go back to the story. It's the most recent story. It's the most recent one. Nothing has happened since then. But notice how when everybody else was running, we were standing there like, what? (laughs) Like, you're not aiming at me. You're down the street. Plus that little pea shooter you're shooting with. (laughs) We literally just stood there just like, what? It was a BB gun. Well, and and hell, even that situation was all ego. Oh, that was big ego. Big ego. I just want to talk about dudes from the hood, bro. Oh, because that dude was he was fresh up. from the. He had no business in Tempe. <laughs> he definitely didn't go to he college. Had, <laughs> no, real shit. Face tattoos and he had no business being in Tempe. He's fresh out of county, right? Had the police not I showing up, <laughs> it would have been bad for him. Oh yeah. Because what yes. did I do? Guess, guess, guess I who called, came through? I called Vic. Bro, I was on to the teeth that day. Boy. <laughs> I pulled out the backpack and that shit was heavy shit. Dog, well, the, the funniest part about that was we were you on you were on your way and then the cops came and I was like, hold on, I know this nigga might be armed to the fucking teeth. Hold on, uh, cops is here. <laughs> Slow down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. No, I remember. Because I knew he was going to pull up. Was good. <laughs> I, remember, I remember, like, literally, like, Vic pulled up on the rocks. Yeah. I think on the sidewalk. Pulled up on the rocks. Got in his front back, of the fucking cops. In front of the cops. In front of the pulled cops. Out, pulled out his backpack. Had one. On the side. On the side. On showing. The side. And was like, yo, we still good? I got two bigger guns in the car. And I'm like, bigger two guns? bigger guns in yeah, the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got the rifles in the car. And I was yeah. like, we ain't going to war, man. <laughs> It was one dude. <laughs> it, it was one dude, bro. It was one dude. The funny part is walking up to the cops, um, <laughs> fucking saying, I, uh, former deputy, whatever. And they're like, okay, cool, go ahead. Yeah, just, right, go ahead. And I was just like, what? <laughs> you just let a fucking walking military <laughs> just walk in. What? what the f- but then also, okay, to piggyback off of that in terms of ego, ego gets even bigger when you're defending family, yes. Oh, yes. big, and that's my mom. I got to criticize you right now. I don't care how big you look. Mm-hmm. That usually happens when we're driving with family. Yeah, a lot of times, mm-hmm. a lot of times, and it's or 
or someone like when you call me mm -hmm. like we're fraternity brothers but we're more than that now mm -hmm. because we've we've lived with each other for so long mm -hmm. I've, I've we've grown up together like we've seen each other grow from the point from when you were an interest mm -hmm. to now talking about um, nine years yeah yeah so um as i'm saying is is we we've grown up with each other grown nine years with each other it's like you're really my brother yeah so when he calls me um saying that something's up there's no question mm -hmm. that i'm going to become the overprotective brother mm -hmm. so and that's and, and again that also plays into the toxic uh, toxic male the masculinity um we're super duper overprotective mm -hmm. of family of friends mm -hmm. that are super duper close to us mm -hmm. so um and we let that get a little bit too too big yeah um we get too big for our britches basically yeah. when that comes in you know all well, oh, the fuck with my family yeah. you know that's 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 family that's us with stefo yeah bro they has especially <laughs> like you know we we ready for we ready for blood See? anybody comes from <clears throat> stefo whether it's social media in person Whatever. Well, like, it is so bad too, dude. Like you know, with road rage or anything. I mean, being living living with Stefo, like we'll go to the store. Someone looks at her different. I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at? And mm -hmm. it's like that's not even like my lady. Like she's just like my sister. So it's yeah, like, <laughs> it's just that instinct that like, what the fuck are you looking at, yeah. dude? Like, <laughs> dog, I'm I'm that way with my mom. And like I usually do it where she doesn't hear. But not this past time when she came. Uh, the time before that, we were in Costco, and oh, you don't I. Oh yeah, I, I just told you because we were just in Costco. I told we were you this story. Yeah. yeah. Like, so like, you let that dude get away with that? Duh. So, um, she like her her legs are bad. So I told her I was like, use one of these little motorized scooters. Like, I don't want you like mom use use the scooter. So she's using the scooter. This dude is like in her way, and she keeps saying, "Excuse me." I had my back turned because I was like looking at some towels or whatever, and dude, I turn around, dude is in her way. I'm like, yo. Like, she said, excuse me. And he, like, moves. But what did it was the look that he had. Because he, like, mom goes about her business or whatever. But he's, like, looking at her like she was inconveniencing him. So I, I stared at him like, what's up? Like, do we have a problem? Like, I know, you, I know you're not looking at mom like this. Real shit. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to make me fuck you up in Costco on a Sunday. Happiest place on earth. With my Happy with my mama here, like what the fuck? Man, I want to kill so many people at Costco, bro. Dog, bro. just rudeness, and like, of course, mom doesn't see any of this. She just goes yeah. about her, but she talking, and I'm like, he sees, he makes the connection because he looks at me, looks at my mom, looks at me again. And he's like, it like clicks, and he's like, <laughs> it just dips, like several several times that day. I almost like pushed people out my mom's way because she's polite. You know what I mean? Like, she'll speak up. And I know she can handle her own. But I'm like, nah, nah, ma. I got this. <laughs> I got this. I will I will fuck somebody up for my mom. Bro, deadass. And, and, you know, anybody, well, we we all heard the story with Stefan and me when we went to the Black concert. Yeah. Shout out Black. You my dude. It's not six You don't black. even know him. <laughs> Hey, no, you he ain't listening to this. He is listening to this. He called us. I'm listening to it. Watch. Watch. But anyways, he's he was, about to message you in a minute. Hey, dog. Hey, dog. Nick. 
That's man, oh, right there, boy. No, but but then so we went to the black concert and Steffo had bought me these tickets for my birthday, so I was a hella hype, right? Mm-hmm. And black, for those who don't know, like that's my dude. Like I, I love his music. Cause he's emotional. I am emotional on this because I'm we'll, a believer and I'm going to... We'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> but anyway, so like, we're, at the, show emotion. we're at the Black concert <laughs> and me and, me and Steph are getting ready, you know, for the pre-performances and everything and we're just jamming along, drinking our beers and I had, I had bought me and stuff like two, these two big large cups. Yeah, because yeah, like, like 15 <laughs> bucks pop. But anyways, because we had pre-game but we're like, dope. Let's kill these. We'll keep our buzz. We're already smoking weed there. It's like, dope, like, Keep going. Mm. So we get there and it's the DJ set, mm. and Obama plays, and me and Stefo oh, are going hype. And this this chick in front of Stefo knocked the fucking cup out of her hand and looked at her and like was what the fuck and like she gave like Stefo this dirty look and Stefo was like, and I see it like I see this <laughs> all and Stefo was like what the fuck and so he was like. Watch where the fuck you're going or something like that. Because it got on the chick's leg. Mm. And Steph was like, who the fuck are you talking to? And then, like, so the, the chick, like, starts telling her boyfriend. And then the boyfriend looks over, like, he's giving Steph all looks, like, dirty looks. And I'm like, I step behind Steph and I'm like, what the fuck do you want to do? <laughs> like, and I was ready to throw hands. And if, if Steph literally didn't tell me, it's like, let's chill. Like, the concert hasn't even started yet. Mm-hmm. Like, we would have dead ass been fighting. And it's, it's, like I said. That's my that's not my sister, dude. So yeah, it's like, shit. so like the fact that not only the chick, like chick, cool stuff, but you can handle that. You got that. I, I ain't gonna hit a girl, but like when the dude stepped in for no apparent reason, I was like, yo, we got problems. We got problems. <laughs> like, and, and it's like I feel like you get. I mean, you, I know you got such on this, but we we get more ego. Hmm. That's reinforced. To, yeah, yeah. To, especially with in relationships. I had out of pocket. When I'm defending somebody I love, oh, I get out of pocket. Like, Zen, Zen God B is out the fucking window. Out the fucking window. This, this B grew up on 111th in Inglewood. Like, like, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, this is 120th in Avalon, Brandon. Like, nah, this is, this is not your friendly neighborhood beat. Your friendly neighborhood cheesecake maker. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get real out of pocket because it's like, I'm I'm real slow defending myself because I'm like I'm I'm not even tripping it's whatever but you step to somebody I love oh we got problems you gotta die you have to there's no way around it and I get so out of character and then afterwards I'm like oh that that was just that was unpleasant <laughs> my God and it's just it's it's wild like I'm only like that with the people that I love you know and. I'm not a very egotistical person, or at least I I'd like to think that I'm not. Which that sounds like an egotistical egotistical state, statement. Yeah. But whatever. Oh well. Assuming. Um, <laughs> but it's just I don't know. Like I, dealing with family, people I love. You try them, you got to deal with me. Period. Point. But there's there's a list of people that it's on site. It's it is on site, and there's people. The only reason that they have had no bodily harm come to them is because the people that they hurt told me, nah, chill. Don't do nothing. Facts. That is it. I have damn near bum rush niggas because of the shit that they've done. 
And they know who they are. I highly doubt they're listening to this podcast, but they know who they are. And some of y'all listening to this, y'all know who those people are too. There's some people roaming around here that it's on sight when I see them. You know what I'm saying? It's on sight when I see a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, bruh, trust. Word on everything we love, we come to see you. Come to see you, son. You know? And that's the only time my ego, well, that's one of the only times that my ego gets real out of pocket. The other time my ego gets out of pocket is. We all have this moment where, like, we know we're the shit. Like, we know. (laughs) So it's kind of like speaking on, like, you know, when you know nobody can fuck with you, but in more, like, (laughs) in a more positive way. 1986, if you ain't made a UAE. <laughs> <laughs> Say that shit. <laughs> you know, Woo! we're some cocky motherfuckers. So, we were made that there, there are certain things that we engage in where our ego comes out and it can it can turn very toxic. Hell, namely, the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Like, we see it all the time on social media. Like, whether it's coming from Gammas or the sorority girls or even other fraternities. Like, all oh, betas and shit, whatever. Yeah. And for such a simple statement... I have seen niggas lose their entire cool. Just lose their shit behind that statement. If you think about all of the petty ass fraternity rivalries and, and beef and shit like that, it's all ego. Mm-hmm. It's all toxic masculinity just balled up in one space. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bed needs to stand for toxic masculinity, man, because that's for real. <laughs> Ah, you get a bunch, and I mean, I feel like today's day and age, you know, you know, now we're on the subject of uh, the orgs and stuff like that. Like, I feel like, or even in general, so the people, mm-hmm. I feel like with the internet being so prevalent in our generation, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a bunch of damn keyboard heroes or keyboard, keyboard warriors, warriors. Oh, yeah. warriors that would like that, that that literally have their egos shot to boost. But when you come up and check them in person, they want to they want to act different, uh-huh. they, you know. And like they're your friends and shit. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I don't know, I feel like, you know, the social media gets out of, out of having a lot yeah. with, with ego, and mm-hmm. I feel like, <clears throat> yeah, man. <laughs> See, okay, but, but <laughs> the question with that then lies, who was being more toxic in that situation? Because you can have keyboard warriors, but if you take what's being said on the internet, and you're ready to check a motherfucker, you get, like, That's we, we can call that being real. We can call that, you know, being like, okay, you said these things, I want to address this. But nine times out of ten, we already know that whoever's saying the shit ain't about... Case in point, I love Levi to death. <laughs> Levi, Levi, you ain't shit. Levi ain't shit. Levi, <laughs> not so much now, but there was, a, like, last year, there was a period of time where he regularly had niggas pressed in every organization. There was so I don't not so much with you because you didn't come out that much, but I would come across people and they're like, "You need to check your AC." I'm like for what? Because the shit he's saying on Twitter, and I'm like, "Get the fuck over it." Yeah, it's Twitter. Yeah. Well, he but, somebody oh. somebody gonna run up on him. I'm like, okay, none of y'all are gonna run up. On him. I'm not gonna let that happen. But at the same time, I have to tell Levi, like, yo, he's AC. Look, look, look. I love you. People's is mad. People are really mad. And then you know him, you know Levi. Aiden! I'm just joking. Yeah, I know you are, nigga, but people want to fuck you up, bro. And I honestly feel like that's, I mean, I love you, Levi, and you are who you are. Like, that's, that shit's just kind of how you came out. 
you may like if you I'll listen. Take, I'll take partial blame. Yeah, for that. if you're listening to this, like you're probably gonna disregard everything I say next. But like, I feel like I have a lot to do with that because online we told them, we told them, you're the shit. Like, don't let anybody else yeah. take it down. So Levi already had that stigma about him, but he, it amplified with the fraternity. Yeah, and it's like, and yeah, people have approached me and said, "Yo, you need to get your seat." Like he, he's really, he's really coming out like. And I'm, I'm talking so, about the yeah, side talking of his face. Yeah, shit. talking about the side of his face. Coming like, out of pocket and shit. Yeah, out of pocket. Somebody's gonna check him. And I'm like, no, the fuck you not. Like, and Levi, I don't know. They said, if you listen to me, this is the only time you don't hear me say it. Uh-huh. Like, I'd be telling people all the time, like, no, the fuck you not. Like, that's my seed. Like, yeah. I can say he's not shit. And I can say fuck you. Right. But you can't say that shit. It's, it's like, like we said in the last episode, like, with our people, we can say, Oh, you ain't shit. Oh, yeah. we can talk shit. We can go come at your head or whatever. But let another motherfucker outside the circle do it. It's a fucking problem. But it's not even like that, though. It's like, because, I mean, you guys, there's a difference between people that, that are in my circle and people that uh-huh. I care about. It's like, you guys are in my circle, so I care about you and you're in my circle. Right. Levi's not necessarily in my circle, but I care about him. Right. Because, you know, obviously, he's my seed. So, you know, if, if ever I were to see Levi... Anywhere, and he's being pressed by somebody the wrong way. That at least I think is like coming out the wrong way. I'm gonna step up and be like, "Oh, okay. what's good?" Like, oh, trust. You know, it's like I, I'll have Levi's back no matter what. Even if he, and that's a that's the shitty part. But I feel like that's the way our egos work. Is mm-hmm. you know, even if you are in the wrong, I'm gonna be there to deescalate the system or a situation. Or, but then I'm gonna check you. But then I'm gonna check you afterwards and be like, "Yo, I ain't doing this shit again." Yeah. You know, I probably will. But I'll be like, you know, like. I'm gonna give you that cold reality check, like yo, yeah. like I just got into a fight because your dumb ass over here. Like, <coughs> like I'm done up. with you several times. <laughs> and that's the thing, it's like it's just being ready real, to fight, you know? niggas. Like I'm a fuck, <laughs> but like okay, but to make the distinction as far like for me with my ego, it used to be to use brothers as an example. It used to be like when I first crossed, it was I'll fight anybody over my brothers, anybody, anybody got a problem with one of my brothers, we scrap it, easy, off rip, no questions. Now, it's wait. Which brother is it? Oh, what did what did he say? That's his problem, right? <laughs> like I, I gotta. I'm, I'm much more selective. You know what I'm saying? There's there's very few brothers that I'm gonna scrap with or scrap for, mm-hmm. and they know who they are. You know what I'm saying? But that's mainly because they have also shown me that same respect. Some motherfuckers, they just got an ass whooping coming. Whether it's from another brother, whether it's from somebody in Greek life, just somebody on the street, whatever. It's like, you notice how certain people carry themselves. You're like, okay, you got some shit coming. You gonna have to deal with that. And hopefully you learn from it. You know? So I I think over time, I've kind of learned to check my ego on certain things. Not being so ready to jump on niggas and shit. Because, like, when I first moved here, uh, I was still very much in that L.A. mindset. Looking over my shoulder, constantly like ready. If somebody's looking a second too long, I'm like, "What's your what's your fucking problem?" Because when you grow up in that environment, if somebody is staring at you, they're trying to get you for your shit. Right. They're trying to make some kind of move on you. You know what I'm saying? Which is something that I've had to unlearn to an extent. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not trying to get called lacking out here. Right. Right. But I had to unlearn it to an extent because so many of my white friends and shit were telling me, yo, why are you so uptight? Why why are you always looking over your shoulder? Why are you so angry? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. But you know, when you grow up in that environment, when that's what you're used to, 
like you have that shit ingrained in you. So it can, it may not even be a person that you learn this toxic shit. Not even necessarily just toxic masculinity, just toxic shit in general. It may not even be just you know a person in your life. It could be just your environment, what you're surrounded by. Mm-hmm. You know, you put. You, you, you place someone in a specific environment then they're surrounded by negativity. They're surrounded by all of this shit. You can't expect them to come out of it, you know, with a, a positive outlook. You know what I mean? Sometimes it happens, but not often. Case in point, prison. You know? <laughs> like... I don't believe prison is actually for reform. It's no, like, it's not. It's no, not. It's, you're, you're just in there for... They're just holding people in there. Yeah. It's a big time out. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, 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 it's a big time out. Yeah. It's, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to make the, the society safe by holding these guys in here for a good minute yeah. or whatever. And when we think it's good for them, they've learned their lesson, whatever, we're going to kick them out. Mm-hmm. But they don't learn anything in there. They don't They don't um, rehabilitate in there. Mm-hmm. They don't do nothing. They learn new trades. Yeah. And if not, they get more dangerous. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because you, you put somebody into an environment where it's like, not like when they're out, out in, in the world, like they have all the resources at hand to create whatever problems they have. But when you're locked up and you still have that mindset to create bad, like you have to get more creative. And that's like when you come out, you're even worse because you, not, only, not only are you still bad, but you're more creative now. So you're going to mm-hmm. get smarter about how you do shit. I mean, some people are more dumb, but. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, man. It's it's uh, it's madness. <laughs> the world is a mad, mad fucking place. So I guess the, uh, there can be an argument for. I get. Mm, I don't want to say an explanation or like an excuse as to why men are toxic in general or whatever. Because um, at some point there has to be some accountability. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we could blame the environment. We could blame upbringing and shit. But at some point, you know, you have to just... You have to look at the individual and say, okay, like, no, this is this is you. This is you making these mistakes or engaging in this toxic behavior and shit. It's like, case in point, how many times have we heard of some celebrity or whatever do some fucked up shit or, you know, have some... Like perfect example, R. Kelly, like <laughs> engaging in some kind of problematic and and just downright evil behavior, and then something comes out like, oh well, they had a hard life, or oh they were troubled, or the many motherfuckers that have committed, you know, uh, mass shootings and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh well, they had this troubled upbringing and they lived in poverty, or they did X, Y, and Z, and and it's used as a kind of like. A a a what is this, what's the fucking phrase? Ends to justify the means. Like they'll they'll take this and say, oh, this is why he did it. He's yeah. not really that bad. He just he just had a hard life. You know, mm-hmm. he's just he's been through some things. He's troubled. He's troubled. He doesn't know how to you know process things. He's got a mental disorder. He's got a mental disorder. You know, he's been through things, and it's fucking trash. Like that happens all. Of the fucking time. And the issue that I see is that there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. There's no one saying, well, usually is people of color saying, no, this white man killed people because he's fucking evil. He has problems. Like, lock his ass up. And it's, we see it all the fucking time. We see it with R. Kelly. We see it with, 
there was somebody else that just Robert Kraft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he just got busted. With the he got seven series. rings. He got, he got six Super Bowl rings and a prostitution ring. Ah, I see what you did there. I, you, I mean, terrible motherfucker. He is from the Patriots organization. They're known for cheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I'm so mad that that was funny to me. He inflated his balls. Y'all are fucking terrible. Oh, Jesus Christ. But, yes. We spoke a lot about ego and how that makes us, you know, act out of character and shit like that. Um, let's talk about emotion. Let's talk about feelings. We're not supposed to talk about our emotion because we're guys. Yeah, guys don't do that shit. We we know you're emotional. He's always emotional. Always emotional. That's the way he is. But that's the way Nick was brought up. He was kind of raw emotions. So, like, for my upbringing, I wasn't, I wasn't taught, like, not to cry. Well, my, my stepdad kind of did, I think. But, like, it was always, oh, toughen up or whatever. But, like, my mom always said it was okay to cry. Maybe that's just the benefit that I had of being raised by a single mother. Like, she always taught me it was, it was okay to cry. It was okay to show emotions and stuff like that. And bottling that shit in wasn't, wasn't healthy. Essential oils? What kind of that? Spirit. Get back on top. Let me see. Let me see. It's calming. Um, but yeah, like I've I've noticed that in in our culture, in our respective cultures, it's very. Oh, that smells good. Um. Sorry, that smells really good. Jeez, that's very calming. Um, it's very common for us as men to not show emotion or to be taught that you know we have to be macho we have to be unfeeling that the only emotions we can feel are anger and rage and, and happiness and even then like I've, I've literally heard niggas being like you know what you smiling for like, why, why are you so happy like happiness offends niggas which is the most baffling thing to me um but I, I found that, you know, growing up, you know, being taught that being, you know, it's okay to be in touch with my emotions has made me, it's made me a better person, I think. Because then I don't have the issues of, you know, unresolved rage and, and you know, just wilding out and shit. Because I found, like, there are plenty of people that we know that their go-to thing is to be angry. Or they don't know how to show love accurately or uh, healthily, I should say. You know, um, I don't know. I just I, I feel like a lot of our problems could be solved by just being open emotionally. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, growing up, especially when my dad was around, and, and you know, you would get scolded or get in trouble in general, and then you would start to cry because you know they would confront you about something that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, you're 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 a kid. You don't really know how to how to control your emotions or anything like that because you know you, you're you're just a small little kid. And that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, then your dad 
is in your face telling you, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Man up, man up. So um, at an early age, we're, we're pushed into this, this notion that, shit, we're not supposed to cry. We're not supposed to show emotion. We're supposed to be man. Men, men don't show emotion. Men don't cry. Men don't do this. Men don't do that. Uh, and we end up trying to um, please. Um, like in, in my situation, I wanted to please my dad by not showing emotion, by not crying, by always manning up, by always, you know, being a man about things. Um, and that ties into what you're saying. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, don't cry, don't, don't, don't show emotion. You're, you're a man, you're not a girl, you're not a woman. Women show emotions. You know, that's, that's, that's what my dad would, would always push on me. Um, and then of course, mom was the opposite. Mom was always nurturing. Mom was always saying, you know, Go ahead if you if you feel sad. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be be human. You know that thing. You know you, you fall off your bike and your mom would rush up to you and you're crying. And everything, oh, everything's gonna be okay. She's not telling you, oh man up, man the fuck up. You know you're not supposed to cry. But you know, heaven forbid you do that in front of your dad or in front of another male figure. They'd be like, well, it's just a little scratch. What the fuck? Yeah. What are you doing? You ain't supposed to be crying. So. Yeah, I mean, where does that shit even come? I don't know. I, don't, I really, it really baffles me. Like, where the fuck does that shit come from? Like, where does, where, what is the beginning well, of it? In, in, yeah. in Hispanic uh, families, it's, it's, it all boils down to machismo. Uh, um, I don't know the word for it for, for African American culture. Soft. It's, it's the same shit. It's machismo. I mean, but, it's the same shit. Yeah. But you say it in English, machismo. <laughs> but, no, uh, but, I don't know what I was expecting I'm, you to say, but it wasn't no. that. <laughs> we, we ain't got no word for it, but machismo. no. Machismo. Uh, machismo. Machismo. <laughs> uh, but every every male society has it. Uh, male ethnic, ethnicity has it. It's all the same. Yeah. The only thing is we actually have a word for it. You know? yeah. It might be called something different you know, to uh, Asians. It might be something different to... Uh, Middle Eastern, um, I think you you see in, in a lot in Middle Eastern cultures is where the man is strong and it's everything. You you, you see um, a lot of the fighters, you know, they're they're gun ho. They go straight into the firefight. You don't really see too many uh, anybody else doing that, but uh, but it's it's ingrained into them. They have to be strong. They have to be fearless. It's the same thing with with machismo. You have to be fearless. You have to be. Um, strong. You can't show emotion. You can't uh, be weak because showing emotion is a sign of weakness. You're not supposed to show weakness to anybody because they take advantage of you. Right. And that's why they always tell you, you know, your, your your father figure or anybody that you look up to that's a male is always telling you, be strong. Don't show any weakness because the minute you show weakness, that's when somebody takes advantage of you. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. I just had a thought because I just had a conversation recently with someone about the whole Jesse Smollett thing. Mm-hmm. And something that they said was to the effect of, oh, I miss when men were men. And that's <laughs> that's just homophobia. Just yeah, yeah, that, that is. Um, but I've, I've heard that said a lot, especially with black people. With older black people, they're good for that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like society is uh, emasculating our men and, you know, making them be uh, what's what's the fucking word that they use? That's really derogatory. Sissies. That's what they say. Um, and I hear it all the fucking time from older black people, and I'm like, what? What? But it boils down to 
that whole notion of showing emotions or being in touch with your feminine side or whatever is being seen as is is being seen as less than or or weaker than or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like I re- it really blows my fucking mind. It's like some of the strongest people I know show all the emotion in the world. <clears throat> like if you think about it having the ability to show emotion and actually process your emotions in a healthy way makes you much stronger mm-hmm. than someone that just bottles that shit in and their one natural reaction is rage and shit. Yeah. Those are some unstable motherfuckers. You know? And it's just, I, it blows my fucking mind. Like, where the fuck does this shit come from? I feel, you know what I think? I feel like for for black people in particular, I think it probably comes way from way back from slavery because if you think about it oftentimes slave masters would uh emasculate the men of certain families or whatever mm-hmm. they would make them they would get the punishings they would you know you know castrate them or whatever to take away their manhood yeah. so that they couldn't they could be seen as weak in front of their <clears throat> family and you know from back then and and even up until now, you know, the man is seen as the head of the household, the family base. Yes. So it's like if well, if we weaken this part and we emasculate him, then the family base can no longer survive. Mm-hmm. So I feel like may- maybe it comes back from from those times. Like, oh, well, you have to be strong. You can't show emotions. Our ancestors did X, Y, and Z, and they went through all of this shit. So we have it much easier. So you can't show emotion. You can't buckle to this shit because you have a family to provide for. And you have to look strong. I mean, I could just, I could be wrong. I could be just spitballing here, but I feel like that's a strong indicator of where that could possibly come from. That, that machismo um, origin, yeah, so to speak. And, and the craziest thing in the world is, like, if you ask me who I think is the strongest person to me, it's my mom. Hands down, no question. Hands down is like it's it's my mom because of all the uh, all, everything that she's had to go through, raising her three kids, working a job, putting mm-hmm. food on the table, being the provider, mm-hmm. being the shoulder to lean on, mm-hmm. um, being our therapist because yeah. you know when we're little you know we how ha- we always had to talk to mom mm-hmm. and everything. Mom would always comfort us when we had a bad dream. Mom mm-hmm. would always comfort us when we hurt ourselves. You know we had a boo boo, you had to go to mom. Yep. You didn't go to dad. You went to mom because she was the person that made it all right. Mm-hmm. And I made it all better. It is the craziest thing in the world that, you know, we always see dad as the strongest person in the world. Or a lot of people, you know, consider dad as the strongest person in the world. But it's, in all reality, yeah. it's mom. Yeah. I mean, she birthed us. She, yeah. she t- you know, nine and a half weeks. Her, um, it's 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 crazy. Nine and a half months and weeks. <laughs> but, um, uh it's crazy that you know she goes through all those growing pains of us growing inside of her and everything and we a lot of people you know don't consider mothers as being the strongest individual it's always dad 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 is a provider that is this that is that that is the strongest in the family no that's the patriarchy yeah, that's the, yeah exactly it's a patriarchy Fuck because patriarchy. Um, exactly. father is the top figure in the family and and, and the craziest thing is ma your mother's always catering to your father if they're still together mm-hmm. um, they're always you know first person they serve is the father because he's quote unquote the provider right. so um and a, and a lot of time that that 
transmits to you know them upbringing their kids their daughters oh you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. serve your your husband mm-hmm. uh, first before your kids and everything and, and I always saw that and it, it was it was crazy um, I looked and I was like man my mom does so much my mom is like the the strongest person in the world um, and you you know um, that my mom is everything to me yeah um, and I would do anything for my mom and and uh, she's she's <laughs> my rock it's not my dad it's my mom yeah definitely it, 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 she question. is my my rock and everything and, and man this whole this whole thing where where you know we're not supposed to be weak or anything man I will fucking ball for my mom oh yeah I'll trust that same, same bro the, the other day and I don't know if I ever told you this but uh, one day I tried to call my mom and her phone went straight to voicemail and I called my dad and it went straight to voicemail man I freaked the fuck out I I always see a little bit of panic if you call your mom she doesn't answer you call your dad he doesn't answer yeah. there's that moment when, <laughs> when driving and there's that moment where you're just like yeah, yeah. It's because it's it's not it's not common because mom always answers. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, then, I I trust. I do the yeah, same thing. Yeah, if something. How <laughs> dare you not mom, answer? I don't I don't know what I what I would do if something happened. My mom, my dad, on the other hand, if something happened, hey, it's supposed to happen. It's been right. whatever. But, right. Um, my mom, uh, if something were to happen, but yeah, she ended up being in the hospital that day. Oh wow. Yeah. So really? it, it was crazy because I had to track her phone down uh, via uh, trusted contacts through Google. Uh-huh. on there I actually told my mom and dad to, to do that one day and I was like I need to know where you guys are at yeah the wonderful thing about that is it pinged their location uh, uh-huh. before they turned off their phones because when mm-hmm. they were at the hospital my mom had to go to the hospital um, because she just basically felt weak and everything so they had to take her there mm. um, but yeah that's how I found out she was at the hospital I actually <clears> pinged <throat> her phone and looked at, at, at trust contact and it showed that she was at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit uh, they go to Henry Ford Hospital. That's where I was born. That's where um, I, I did most of my, my uh, hospital stuff over there when I was in Detroit. But that's where she was. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was it was crazy. That's that's how I had to find out. But um, oh man, that uh, that whole hierarchy, the patriarchy, is is, is a crazy notion to me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. When was that? That was probably two months ago. Yeah, I had to call my brother up, and I, I never call my brother. You never call your brother. I never call my brother. Like it's it's rare. Like I I talk to my brother every now and then. It's the whole machismo thing. Like we don't give a shit about each other. <laughs> but it's always very awkward. Yeah, it's it's yeah. When I talk to my brother, it's like, what's up, man? What are you doing? Yeah, okay, cool. Bye. Yeah, that's, that's why I am with my dad too. Yeah, like, you have a you have a whole that? conversation with your mom. I have, a and then with your dad, long conversation. How with you my doing? Mom. Hey, what's going on? Be How careful. You boom, boom. Love you. Boom. Boy, That's gotta, it. Gotta, boom, boom. Bomb, yeah. bomb. You know? I can never have a short conversation with my mom. No, exactly. Never. It's the same thing <laughs> with me. It's like, like I have long conversations with my mom because um, it's mom's. It's, yeah. It's, I have to make sure that she's good. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll call my mom and it always, it never fails. You know, I call mom for a fucking a recipe on a fucking, yeah. you know. It can be the smallest thing. something. Or even like, hey, like, which one do you prefer, this one or this one at the grocery mm-hmm. store? And it turns into this long conversation about the, like, the gossip that she had. Yeah, the household yeah. The, oh, Let me yeah. tell you about the, <laughs> you know what your brother did? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know, I, mind you, I like to say that shit because I'm like, she's most of a fuck, so I'm like, nosy mm-hmm. as shit. 
But I think it's funny how, like, it's not just a... Uh, I feel like it's funny hearing you guys say, like, it's the same thing with your mom. Yeah. It's like, yo, when I call my mom, it's never just a simple conversation. Never. Unless, unless I'm upset with my mom. Yep. And I'm like, you know, and I'm at the point where I'm like, mom, you say one more thing to me, you go, I'm gonna run your face. <laughs> like, dead ass. Like, mom, I gotta go. Hey, mom, you know, I gotta go. Sorry. I'm like, I'm gonna go do a chat. Turn off. <laughs> <laughs> Every times my mom will call me, and it always it makes me laugh when she does it, but she'll call me, and she'll say, "Hey, I'll just call and tell you I love you." Okay, bye. And we'll hang up before I can say anything, and I'm just like, "Lady, what?" Hey man, it was my turn. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or, or like she'll wait for me to say, it. "She's like, all right, bye." <laughs> um, but and you've seen it. Like there are times we're going somewhere. Touch your mom's day. Nah, I'll call her when we get home because that's gonna be a long conversation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like we when we were in Costco was it last week or whatever? Yeah, it was last week. I made the mistake of calling my mom because I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna ask her about some vitamins. She had recommended some vitamins for yeah. me to get, and I thought of it. I was like, oh, let me call her. It was it was the day before Valentine's Day, so I was calling to see you know what she's up to. This lady, you should dog, dog. We were walking through the aisles, right? You guys can't see me shaking my head because it was a long conversation. Dog. We we ended. I, I'm on the phone with her, and I look at him, and I was just like, "Yeah, you know the whole I, oh, like <laughs> she's still talking. She's still going. You pull the phone away, she's still, she's still talking. Oh, she's still oh, going. The, the, yeah, hand, the hand gestures, you know, talking, talking yeah, she, hand gestures. She's talking. <laughs> so there's a couch nearby. So we go sit down. He gets on the phone. I'm sitting there. And I'm still just like, uh huh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but she's updating me on shit because you know she had a she had a bunch of shit going on. So she is updating me, and she's, like, really excited. So she's telling me about everything, and I finally get to ask her about the vitamins. And then I was like, finally, I looked at my watch, and I'm like, okay, we've been sitting here for a good, like, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, which it was comfortable. And we were both, because we went right from work, so we were tired. So, like, it was cool, got re-energized. I was like, all right, about I'm going to call you when I get home. Like, I still got shopping to do. I'm just sitting on the couch. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Do your thing. And he's like, tell mom, said, mom, I said hi. And mom, Vic, says hi. Oh, hi, Vic. Oh, I didn't know and you that guys... turns into another conversation. <laughs> I didn't know you guys were together. I'm like, yeah, mom, we came straight from work. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, you go. Do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> but it's never, ever a simple conversation with her. Like, and I, and I love that. I love it. There are times when I'm trying to do shit. And I'll tell her, like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm doing dishes, mom, or I'm, I'm about to cook. Oh, what you making? And I know she cherishes those conversations too, yeah. but it's like, it my my relationship with my mom is like the most relation important relationship I have, you know. It sets mm-hmm. the groundwork for a lot, and I talk about my mom. Y'all y'all know my mom. Like yeah. <laughs> I talk about her all the time, and she definitely is that like the strongest person I know. Because we had a conversation recently, and I was telling her like, um, she had she had said. Sometimes she had she had doubts of whether or not she was a good mother. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, what? Like, no, what no. Like, what are you talking about? No question, you know? And we talk about, like, her relationship with her parents and mine, you know, my relationship with mine. And I tell her, I'm like, you know, sometimes I do wonder, like, okay, what if my dad was in my life? But it's not as often anymore because I'm like, my life was pretty fucking great. My childhood was the shit. Even if I couldn't get necessarily what I wanted, I got what I needed. You know what I'm saying? 
And there was never a moment in my childhood where I wondered whether my mom genuinely loved me or cared about me. Wondered that a lot about my dad, you know. But with my mom, no fucking question. That's my rock. That's that's my number one. As much as she aggravates me <laughs> and gets under my skin. And Vic, you know. There's times I'll come home and I'm like, bruh. Yeah. Let me tell you about this conversation I had with mom. Just the other day, a conversation, a simple conversation of how are you turned yeah, into her yeah, reading yeah, my whole uh, entire goddamn life. Yeah. And I got saved because my boss called me and I had to get off the phone. But like, and she, my mom knows. Like, so she was like, "I know you don't want to hear this, but I, you gotta do this. You gotta do that." I'm like, "Fuck, lady! I'm like, I don't want this right now." At all. But on the flip side of that is like, I'm not going to get that from nobody else. You know what I mean? Like, there are certain things about me. And and all of my closest friends, they see it. When they meet my mom, they'll look at me and go, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We see it. That's it right there. And, like, I, I owe everything about me and who I am to that woman. Like, my compassion for others, my lack of an ego, like, me being understanding and having empathy for people, that's all her, you know? So, it's it's a unique thing, because when I was growing up, I thought that I was missing out by not having my dad there. Shit. Ask me that now. <laughs> you know, like, fucking hell, man. I didn't miss out on shit, because while... Other, other, you know, while other kids had their dads teaching them how to shoot hoops, my mom was teaching me. You know what I mean? My stepdad would teach me too, but my mom was doing all of those things, you know? So, without fucking question, she is the strongest person I know, and, like, she is that, that guiding force for my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, when I think about my relationships, my relationships with women in general... I think of it in the same way that I think of my mom. Like, there's a mutual respect there. And there are things that that my female friends will deal with or go through that I will never understand. That at the very least, I can treat them with respect and have empathy for, for how they live their lives and what they deal with on a day-to-day basis. That's the one thing. My, that's the biggest thing my mom taught me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just... A lot of that even comes with, that comes from being in touch with your emotions. You know, we may clown each other uh, on, you know, regular shit. But one thing I've noticed we don't do is, like, if we're upset about something or we're genuinely in our feelings about some shit, we acknowledge that and we embrace it. We embrace it with each other, with our friend group. Like, all of the males in our our friend group, we're like, okay, what's going on? You're feeling these things? All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk this shit out. You know? Like... Oh, yeah. Um, Just last thing. Like, I've spoken about my depression a lot, a lot. But the biggest thing that I always experience with you is if I'm holding shit in, you're like, no, let that shit out. Mm -hmm. Nah, don't don't hold that in. Or I'll say, nah, nah, it's it's whatever. It's not that big a deal. You're like, no, but talk about it. Like, get, get that shit out. No emotion is too small. Don't hold it in. That shit just festers. And it turns into some, into some unhealthy shit. But. Yeah, well, what I was just saying is, like, I mean, I feel like with our relationships, you know, with all our parents, especially in our parents, like, we, we can, 
I don't know. I feel like sometimes, a lot of times, actually, it's more, it's less more so like, let, hey, let's talk about it. Let's mean you are like, yo, we really need to like sit in the parking lot in front of your apartment <laughs> for like 40 minutes yeah. and talk about this some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what we do, and I feel, I mean, maybe it's just to me because you guys know how I am. You guys will send me music that will mm-hmm. explain how my feelings and explain what I need to do and explain like what I'm going through and mm-hmm. it will help me like work my way through it yeah and it's like i feel like you know touching back to last episode with you know how do you deal with your friends it's kind of like knowing your your friends in your situation right you know with me and with our friend group i feel like emotion is is completely is talked about a lot and you know we're comfortable being emotional because of the fact that we understand each other so there's a our level our guards are down yeah i feel like you can't really express your true emotions with somebody or be emotional with somebody that can cry or be upset or you know mm-hmm. have those feelings um with an outsider or even hell even with like a person who you're barely getting into a, a relationship with right like those barriers haven't been broken down yet right. so it's like you still have those guard up so like i feel like with, with your with your close people it's like once that guard is broken down they, and they know how to deal with you when you're in your depressive or emotional state like I feel like it allows you to be, allows us guys at least, to be more vulnerable to allow mm-hmm. us to feel that way, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, there's been times like where, you know, I would talk to Stefo and like, not necessarily cry, but, you know, get to the point like where I'm like about to start tearing up and I'll just sit there and mm-hmm. be quiet and she'll know. Mm-hmm. And it's more so just like just sitting there and, li- and then we'll just start listening to music and it's like that, she understands it. She understands like how I am emotionally, so she allows me to be emotional. Mm-hmm. And then instead of like giving her opinion or giving her judgment about it, she she utilizes how I like to talk about my my emotions mm-hmm. in music. Right. So it's like that. And we made a joke about earlier. You know, obviously I like uh, uh, black, and his music is really really emotional, really depressing. Mm-hmm. It's like. That's how I deal with my emotions on a day-to-day basis, and that's how I express my emotions. So, yeah. you know, I guess what what goal I was wanting to make is that know your people's so they can be emotional, mm-hmm. but also like there's more than one forms of expressing your emotions. Right. And I feel like with guys, you see a lot more of it like in different varieties as opposed to talking about it because mm-hmm. of the fact that we're not supposed to talk about emotions. Right. Right. Like I said, with me, with my emotions. I don't really talk about my emotions that much, but you'll know what mood I'm in based on the music that I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's me expressing my emotions. <laughs> well, <laughs> fuck you, Siri. All right? It was Bigsby. Okay, Bigsby. It was like, Android, Android gang. Ah. <laughs> uh, for the record, iPhones are better. Fuck those Androids, all right? Yeah, you wish. Gang shit. I got the, the S10 on order, bro. Get on my level. Phone wars. I, I, I have an iPhone six. I, I think it's 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 interesting that we always bring up the fact that you know we we are always vulnerable and willing to show our emotion with our people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like most anyone else, um, you've seen me cry. You see me yeah. um, at some of my lowest points. Yeah. Um, and it, it's crazy that. Most people, if you don't know me, you think I'm a serious person because I always have yeah. a serious look on my face. Uh-huh. But when 
I'm with my people, I open up more. And I open up a lot to, to, to Brandon because Brandon knows a lot of stuff that I go through mm -hmm. because he's always there. He's always with me because we live together. We get to uh, talk to each other. Mm -hmm. um, when stuff is going on, like the first podcast we had, we were talking about my daughter and, and, yeah. and her being diagnosed with um, ADHD and her depression and everything. And then... Um, like most people don't know, I, I suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome because when my sister was murdered, I found her and, you know, I was finding her body just like, you know, the way it was. It was very traumatic and everything. I have depression and all that stuff, and I mentioned that from uh, the first podcast as well. Um, but you've seen me. Um, you've seen me cry. You've seen me low. Um, there are certain situations where, like, it just, I automatically ball. Like, um, yeah. when uh, Patricia bought um, a shirt that had my daughter, or not my daughter, but my, my sister's picture on mm -hmm. it. Like my sister is like my, my, my weak spot, you yeah. know. Um, when you mentioned that you were you were planning something f for, yeah. for like the Christmas thing, you remember my, the look on my face yeah. is like, I, I, I was right there. I was there. I was at the point where I was about to cry because, yeah. again, my sister's my weak point. Yeah. Um, and we're always only vulnerable with our core people. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and and again, it, it goes with the toxic masculinity. Is we don't like to be vulnerable outside of that group. Right. Because when we become <clears throat> vulnerable, we fear what people think yeah. about us. Yes, judgment is one of the, the most important things that we fear. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be looked at as a weak individual. We always mm -hmm. want to be the strong individual. We want to be the strong individual in the group because, hey, you know, they're the ones that are looked up upon. You know, they're the role models. Yeah. And all that stuff, but <clears throat> it's okay yeah. to be vulnerable. Oh, it's yeah. okay to show emotion. Yeah. It's okay to show emotion at any time. Yeah. And a lot of times we forget that. Oh yeah, definitely. And we don't we don't grow, we don't learn, we don't do nothing by holding everything in. Um, right. And yeah, it's it's it, when when you guys were talking about, you know, being emotional with your your people, so your people know how to identify that. When we interact with people and they don't know how genuine we are, how much of real people we are, then we're doing a disservice to ourselves. We're doing a disservice to people by not letting them know, hey, we're really down to earth people. Yeah, you know, because like I said, you know, everyone when they first look at me, they look, they say, oh, he's a serious person. There's no smile on his face. There's no emotion. Mm -hmm. There's no nothing. But deep down inside, you know, I'm like the the, the softest person in the world. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although, Definitely. when you push me, it's different. Yep. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I am the, the the softest person in the world. Um, the thing I want I want to touch up on is um, how remember how I told you how short I am with talking to my dad. Yeah. Um, you ever notice how short I am talking to my daughter? Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It it's, translated. Yeah. And it's yeah. horrible. And I hate that. I hate that so much. Yeah. It's the worst feeling in the world that I have whenever I talk to my daughter because I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea what to say. And for those of you that, that are probably just listening to this podcast for the first time, my daughter is 15 years old. Um, I moved away when she was probably three years old. But I try to keep in contact that's no excuse for leaving right. at all um, and uh, 
remember how we were having a conversation about um, my brother and my dad's relationship. Yeah. After my dad left when I was four years old, um, or five or six, whatever it was, I don't really care. I don't uh, pay attention to that. But I had, I did not hold any ill will towards my dad because my dad is my dad. My brother, on the other hand, did. And now, you know, seeing that in contrast with the relationship with my daughter, I don't blame her for a lot of the resentment she has towards me. Right. Because I see what happened with my brother and my dad. Yes. So it's crazy that uh, um, everything that, that translated, tra trans transfers from my dad to me it's, it's the same thing like I, I can't really hold a long conversation with my daughter I wish my conversation with my daughter would go more than three minutes yeah because it's more like how are you doing mm -hmm. um, how is school how are you feeling what are you mm -hmm. doing this weekend type of thing after that I don't know what to say yeah it's horrible yeah. horrible horrible and I recognize that I yeah. wish I could change that but I have no idea how to change that no idea because it's the whole um machismo thing no showing emotion no nothing i gotta be a father figure i gotta be strong blah 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 i don't know how to how to how to show emotion with her yeah. i have absolutely no idea how to do it she knows i love her yeah. i tell her every day that i love her but do i think she understands it do i think she knows it she can fully comprehend the the amount of anguish i have because i'm all the way over here and she's all over there i don't think she'll ever realize that but at the same time, I don't know how to explain it to her, right? Because I've been away for so long. I've been out right. here for since 2007, and she's grown up with her mom. Yeah. She's got another father figure in life, and I love him for that because she he's raising my daughter, and he's a great um, great person for her. Yeah, I'm still dad, you right. Know? right? And and um, it's it's the craziest thing in the world that uh, the whole not being able to show emotions, not being able to show your weak side. I wish I could show my daughter my weakness. Yeah. I wish I could show her, you know, how hurt I am. But I don't know how to. Right. You know, even if I say, you know, it, it breaks my heart, do I think she, she understands it? No. Not yet. Not, yeah, I would say not yet. Because I think... I can, I can relate to how she may feel. Because I had the same thinking mm -hmm. with my dad. Right. Uh... Because it was one of those things where it's like, okay, you say these things, your actions aren't exactly matching up. The difference is between my dad and you is your actions do match up. But I think I've kind of noticed it a few times where like like when she was talking about coming out here and everything, um, I think it was one of those things where it's like, okay, fuck all this other shit that you're talking about. Fuck all this other shit you're saying. Like, why aren't you here? You know, and I think she understands, like, you know, look, I need to do X, Y, and Z so I can take care of you and, and provide the things that you want from me and everything else. And she's grateful for that. But at some point, it's like, and I'm just guesstimating, but at some point, it's like, you still you still crave the that, that yeah. physical presence, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I see how much she loves being here. Like, when she comes out here, like, people always ask me, like, oh, you hanging with your roommate and this kid? Nah. That's them. I'll see them at the crib. Yeah. That's their time. You know what I mean? So, because I, I see it 
in her face. I see how she lights up. You see and, it in my face. And I said, like, dog. Look at the pictures where I'm with my Bruh. daughter. The whole demeanor in me changes. It's, like, you can see me smiling in different pictures. Like, I smile in my gun pictures, my, my Jeep pictures, my pictures with my pups, my dog. pictures with my girl. When she's here and when your mom is here, that, dog, the joy... In your whole demeanor, the aura you give up, I see it. I see it leading up to them getting here. Like, like the excitement, like a kid on Christmas. Dog, it is the best shit. Like, because this is my boy, because we live together, I always think ahead. So I always know the end of that week. Depression. It is Bro, going to be horrible. bad. And people don't get it. A lot of people don't get it. But usually, like, that last night... That 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 your kids here or that your mom's here, I always make sure I give you a hug before I hit the hay, and then like after they leave, usually there's always some kind of hassle with the flight. <laughs> there's always some kind of hassle like with the flight. Last time, like she, like the whole Southwest went down. Yeah, the whole day. And, and it would always, uh, you know me, I always read the South signs South, and shit. South, Southwest, you know, they right? Got the cheapest flights. And cheapest flights. They got me to California. Yeah, sometimes fuck up. Right. But I always think of it as whenever, like, leaving, I'm like, ah, this flight probably gonna fuck up. And it does. I'm like, she should just stay. Just say it. That's, and, I, and I know you think it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we always talk about, like, the plans. And, and when I know when she's going to come out here and everything, and I feel the anticipation. And I, me and a few brothers have talked. Like, me and Hyrule spoke about it. He's like, dog. I know she's so over all the pictures, but he is so fucking happy. I'm like, it's the best. It is the absolute best. My wall at work. Yeah. You know, the, the for uh, those of you that don't know, when, when, when my daughter comes, I have a wall uh, at work where I put basically pictures of stuff that matter to me. Like mm. Brandon's on the wall. My Jeep's on the wall. Jeep's my pups are on the wall. the wall. My girl's on the wall. And it's just like maybe one or two pictures of her. But the rest... There's more pictures of her than me. I'm just saying. I feel the way about it's it. Good, but it's like... We, don't we, don't, we also don't take pictures. Yeah, I know. I was about to say, we don't really take pictures. It's the man watch cheese thing. Guys don't, don't take pictures with other guys. We don't be posed nah, up nah, and shit. Nah, nah. I'm too cool. I, nah, my, I gotta send you the pictures. I gotta send both the other pictures we took from my birthday. True, true. There's some really good ones. That, in that case, I'll print that one up and yeah. put it on the wall. Well, so, but, you'll make it into but, my wall. Yeah, every, every year that my daughter comes out here, every year that my daughter comes out here, I add more pictures to the wall mm-hmm. because, uh, again, it's it's one of the things that I look forward to is when my daughter comes out here, I'm a totally different person. Mm-hmm. And I want to relive those memories, and I put them on the wall. And every time every every time someone comes in, hey, has your daughter come in yet? Where are the new pictures? Mm-hmm. Type thing, boom. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what happens. That's what I, one of the things I love about when she comes out here yeah. um, is I, I put those pictures up just to show people, yeah. you know, um, and everything. And, and the, there's a couple of times when she came out here, she got to enjoy that little, some of the things that I love to do, like shooting. Yeah. yeah. Like, I got, I got Those videos. Those were so fucking dope, I got, Yeah, man. right? I got videos of her shooting yeah. um, rifles, AR-15s. I got pictures of shooting the, the Scorpion Suppressed and everything. So, that was when you first got it, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I first yeah. got it, and, and she was shooting it. And then, like, it really surprised me when, you know, we were, we were shooting the, the metal targets. When You know, you can definitely hear when you hit the target. It's her first shot, boom. Yeah. Hit the target. And that made me the, the happiest person in the world because... As a father, 
you know, you, you wanted to make sure that your kid can protect themselves. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things I wanted to, to show her how to do. And, and I felt that me being out here, I wasn't able to do that. Mm -hmm. But when she was out here, I was able to, you know, at least get her um, accustomed or, or, or familiar with firearms. And, and uh, the, the fact that she hit her, the target in the first try, you know, me explaining to her, this is what you do, this is how you hold it, this is what you look for, this is how you aim, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, and she was able to hit the target. I mean, that was one of the most gratifying things as a father. Mm -hmm. um, and an, one of the, also another gratifying thing is, is she was enjoying something that I enjoyed doing. Yeah. I was able to share that with her. So yeah. um, it made me feel um, that much more of a father that day yeah. that, that I was able to do that. And again, that when when that happened, you know, you saw the the emotion, the happiness that was in my face. You see the yeah. pictures, you know. When I'm I'm uh, the videos that I shot of that because a lot of those pictures are from the video. Yeah, you can actually hear the excitement, the joy in my voice. You mm -hmm. know, it's 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 so different than than you know how I normally talk. Like right now, I'm talking normal like this. But yeah, I'm like fucking. Around. When I'm excited with my daughter, it's just more more energy, more enthusiasm. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, it's it's crazy that uh, that that my daughter, um, when she's out here or when I'm with her, I'm totally I'm a totally different person. Yeah, because I'm re-energized. Yeah, the first time we ever like spoke about that, I think I had just moved in with you. Mm -hmm. um, it it was a testament to me of of our relationships. I was just like. Okay, like we're really going in depth here. Like, and up until that point, the only time I had heard about your daughter and like stories and everything was from like when I was pledging. Right. You know. Um, oh, that was a deep story though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but it's being able to be vulnerable like that. Like, I re I remember you had posted a picture like you were in in tears. It was the night before she left. And so many people hit me up, they're like, yo, is he good? And I'm like, no, <laughs> not right. He will be, but right now, nah. Like, well, just check on him. Like, I did. We spoke. We, you know, we had our time. He's feeling these emotions. Like, he needs to let that all out. It's going to be difficult. Like, this next week, it's going to be hard. Yeah. But one thing that I've noticed with us is, like, we are there for our low moments. Mm -hmm. Like, I know... There, there are three specific moments that I know where, like, I got to be on point for you. It's when your mom leaves, when your daughter leaves, and then your sister's anniversary. Yep. Like, for, for those of you don't, that don't know, we work at the same dealership. I drive around uh, in a big-ass van delivering parts. He works in the building. Um, there have been times where I... We'll finish a run, come back to the office, tell my boss, give me five minutes. And I will run to his office, give him a hug. And people are looking like, what the fuck is going on? But it's usually where, I, I think that was the last time that you actually worked on, on the yeah, anniversary. Yeah, because um, for, for the most part, I try to take that day off as, as a day yeah. of reflection. Yeah. Uh, I've tried to work, but uh, I, need, I need alone time. Yeah, because it, it was it was horrible the way I found my sister. So I just you know ever ever if if it happens to fall on a weekday or work day, I'll take it off. Yeah, and he don't take time off. 
I, I try Except not for to, when his mom daughter, is here and when his, when his if, daughter is here. If there's a year that my daughter does not come, I will not take vacation at all that year. Nope. He don't do it. He don't do it. <clears throat> Honestly, it's just anybody who knows Vic in general like knows that those are like really, really kind of pressed times. Like I know usually around that, around that time for me, I'll see Vic's post mm-hmm. about yeah. his sister. And it's like, and it's usually a repost from the year prior mm-hmm. or a prior year and then a follow-up post with this year mm-hmm. and his new reflections for this year. And it's like, you know, I always just put the little heart mm-hmm. and it's like, me and Vic, we, I got me and Vic, for you guys, I know, like, Vic's my dude, like, he pledged me through all, you know, all of that, and we don't have that close, because obviously we don't live together so that, as much as Brandon does, but, you know, it's always known that, like, I'm always going to be here for Vic, and Vic's always going to be here for me whenever I need it, mm-hmm. and, you know, and same dude, like, Brandon, like, it, it's sometimes little gestures mm-hmm. to reach out for your friends, that it's like, you know, like, everybody's here for you, you know, mm-hmm. but... I feel like with, with emotions, like, and I, I don't have a daughter, so I wouldn't be able to, you know, at least even begin to wonder as to how, like, that feels like, you know, mm-hmm. having your daughter there for a week and getting to, like, do all the things that you wish you could do on the other 365 days of the year, and then the moment she leaves, it's like, it's kind of like, seeing happiness for the first time mm-hmm. and then it leaves and then away. you're just yeah. like you're, you're like a fiend like a crack fiend like mm-hmm. itching for your next moment for it and it's like I have like, to wait a year for that that's, that's the and, and that's all I'm saying is like, and it sucks because then it's like okay like 365 more days until you gotta get there and it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. no matter what like that's just a pain that you know I feel like us as guys we should be able to be able to express that mm-hmm. um and a lot of people may say, okay, yeah, well, he has a right to feel that way because that, that he's a dad and that's his daughter. Well, yes, that's facts, but what if he wanted to feel the way about something else? Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like, you know, if one day his daughter, God forbid, doesn't answer his phone call and is ignoring his calls, like, he that should... happened. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, he should be able to be upset about it and, you know, somebody... Somebody who isn't in that position, I don't feel like would have the right to be like, oh, like just brush it off. It's nothing. Like no, like it's it's an emotion that he should be yeah. able to feel. Right. Yeah. And it's with anything, like you know, with you know, whether it's with your daughter, whether it's with your, with your friend, with your brothers and stuff like that. Like, you should be able to feel some type of emotion. Like everybody's entitled to feel an emotion. Mm-hmm. And if they want to cry about it, cry. Like yeah. do what you gotta do, but. It's just one of those things that it, it just sucks that in society nowadays, they say a man isn't supposed to cry. Take away his man card, he's crying. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and it's just, it's, he's a little bitch. And yeah, and I feel like derogatory terms just kind of come, you know, follow. Like, yeah. oh, he's being a little pussy, he's being a bitch, like, he's crying, like, got no balls. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like, dude, like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Like, is your man is your manhood pressed that much? Like right. another man crying? Is right. your ego pressed? And <laughs> you know what's funny with with the whole toxic masculinity shit? Like, I've noticed, I've noticed that there are times where other other men will be really uncomfortable when one of their boys is emotional and shit. Like, I I think I spoke on the the He's crying. right. They don't know how to handle it. Like. Bro. 
Bro, I, I just give my boys a hug. I'm like, dog. dog see, but that's really sometimes you can't even do that because, oh, bro, that's no homo. Like, yo, yo, why, 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 pause? No why you touch? Oh me? no, I, I did ask my CNT. Maybe that's just more so being all comfortable in your own skin because, like mm-hmm. me, like I did ask, like you know, I've had moments like where you know my little brother was crying, and you know I'm over here rubbing his head, or like I've had brothers like. Cry in my arms, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, like, like scratching her head, like, yo, like, it's yeah. good, like, I comfort him, and I'm like, yo, like, you're good, dude, like, you're good. Yeah. And it's like, I've really? had, I've had buddies, like, in high school, like, who, like, their, like, their close relatives, like, either their brother or sister, somebody died, mm-hmm. and it's like, and they're just like, they're so weak that they can't even, like, hold themselves up, and I'm sitting there, like, holding them up, and it's like, yeah. like, I, I, I'm sorry, like, if your ego is pressed by, by hugging another man, like, you and it get the fuck on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be due to some kind of emotional trauma. Like we yeah, we see day. each other like we have a, a grip, a handshake, whatever with our with our fraternity. We don't even do that anymore. We we greet each other with a hug. Yeah. Same thing with us. Like yeah. it's and it's a it's never just like a quick hug. It's like like we hold it, we hold it for that three no, seconds. Yeah. Like yo, dead ass. It's literally it's, been, bro? it's, it's like, not even a handshake. It's where it's like it's like, it's like it's a like, exactly. And you know, it was crazy. You rock back and forth, rock yeah, back, just, and forth, uh, back and forth, back and forth. And if you're like uh, me and Vic, we just kind of do a little yeah. dance, <laughs> a little wiggle. <laughs> like that. Yeah, and don't and don't let it have been a long ass time since we've seen each other. Like then it's a I fucking missed you, bro. Oh my god! It could even be like I just saw you yesterday. And I yeah. Like, like I'll hug Big and I'm like, wait, oh, you smell good. Hold up, hold up. What cologne is this, bro? Uh, yeah. bro it's just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did that shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, you smell good. Let's fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what the hell? Like that. And I'm like, good. Yeah, yeah. Whisper in my ear. Ooh, ooh, bite my ear. Bite my ear. Ooh, ooh. Mm. I like that shit. I like that shit. And all you're able to do that when you're not. When you're secure in your fucking masculinity, you don't have to be all fragile and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's... I've... I've, There are so many, quote-unquote, like, man rules that are so preposterous. Guy code. Guy code. Like, (laughs) it doesn't make any fucking sense. There are so many guys that are even... Their masculinity is so fragile. Like, another dude paying for their meal makes them uncomfortable. I've I've been friends with some dudes that are like, I'm like, oh yeah, I got you, bro. I'll pay for you. And they're like, what? Nah, I'm not gonna have another man pay for me. Nigga, what? Like, I, bro, shut the fuck up. That's a fucking lie, bro. I'm pointing to to Brandon because when he first became a brother, I would be like, bro, let's go eat. Yep. I ain't got no money. I didn't fucking ask you. I didn't ask about that. I said, come eat. I'll be on my way in five minutes. Or I'd be outside. Yeah, I'm hey, outside. Get dressed. <laughs> let's go. Let's go eat. Bro, I ain't got no money. I ain't asking you if you got money. All I said was, let's go eat. I'm yeah. like, shit, I ain't. No, no, I'd be like that too. I'd be like, you know what? Like, I don't care you ain't got no money. I'm hungry. I don't want to go by myself. Like, come uh-huh. on. I got uh-huh. you. Like, like, when you get some money later down the line, you give me next time. Exactly. Like, exactly. But, I mean, and it's, I feel that, though, because I feel like sometimes, you know, people take it as, like, a... Oh, you're, you're belittling me because he's saying I can't afford my own shit. Like, no, I'm not saying that at all. Like, mm-hmm. if it, I, I'm always like taking things like that and just said, you know, if the boot fits, right? Right. Like, 
if you really feel some type of way, then there's a reason you're feeling that type of way. Right, right. Like, either you're intimidated by me, which I don't understand why you're intimidated mm-hmm. by me. You're projecting. Yeah, you're or, projecting your or your ego is super hurt or you're insecure about something to the point where me asking for, me doing a simple gesture because I want to pay for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to prove anything by this. I'm literally just saying, like, you're my boy. Like, yeah, like no boy, way, I got you. I got you, man. Like, simple. And it's t- and typically with me, it's more so like, I'm like, you know, let's go here. Let's go, like, one of my boys, you know, from my car, you know, that I hang out with, like, I'm always like, hey, let's go get this. I bet. Got you. Are you sure? If, if I wasn't sure, like, trust me. I, I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people feel like, you know, if, if you're if you're kind like that, they owe you. Yeah, right. it's like, don't like ever take it as a they owe you, or you They owe you a favor or something like that. But, uh, or like, what no, do you want? Right, right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're you're generally you enjoy the company of your friends. You mm-hmm. enjoy the company of somebody there with you. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily that you know why you're doing it because you want something or they're gonna owe you or that you expect them to return the favor type of thing. But you know sometimes you just genuinely want to be next to somebody. You want yeah. a a person to be next to you enjoying something that you enjoy, like eating. Yeah. Food. Yeah. It's delicious. I mean, if they want if they want to return the favor, I mean cool. Cool. If they not, don't, oh well. Whatever. Say love V. Yeah. Oh, you know. It is what it is. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. 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 Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, like uh, emotions, 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 emotions. We yeah, go man. through the emotions. Yeah, we go. Everyone, it's... everyone goes through emotions, but not not everyone's you know secure enough to show it. Yeah, which is which blows my mind because it's like holding all that shit in. That shit'll kill you, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've shit. told you that too a lot. Yeah, especially with 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 you know because we both you know, have um, depression. You know, yeah. hey, don't bottle that in. You know, because it's gonna kill you. Yeah. Real top, and it's. I'm. I'm glad that the the men that I am closest to, as far as friends, brothers, whatever, that we are all like that. Even even some of some of our people that might not open up in that way because they're not ready to. They don't share in that way. At the very least, they're receptive when I need to. Or at the very least, we can show love like that, and it's not. It's not a fucking problem. Like. And it, there's so many layers to it that we'll probably get into, like, in the next... There's going to be two parts of this, but uh, I might need to do three. I don't know. There's so many That's guys... That's probably three. Because there's, there's a lot such, of guys that want to be... a huge issue, you know? Just, and, it, and it segues into a lot of things yeah, about that, you know, different facets of yeah, society, whether it's Greek life or just how we treat women. Like, I, we can go on and on about that. But you have, guys, you have somewhere to be though. So guys treat women yeah, better. I mean, I mean, ultimately, if you're if you stay if you stuck with this throughout this, you know, both uh, tapes of this parts. podcast, you know, this this both parts, like some parts we went off on little tangents and like you know, not little tangents, we went off on big tangents. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we strayed right off the topic, but hey, yeah. we, we find our way back. Yeah. One of those things that masculinity like has ties into a lot of different things, and it, and it ties into a lot of different people's actions. Yeah. Like, People aren't, people aren't, like, like I was saying, people don't, are emotional with people because, like you said, they're not close to them. They're not in your close group. 
some people aren't necessarily going to be emotional because they you don't know how to like their friends don't know how to act with them mm-hmm. and it's like you know their masculinity in general you know being it toxic or not just masculinity in general ties into everything yeah. so the fact the fact that we can sit here and tell these stories and and engage in this conversation i know plenty of guys that can't mm-hmm. they're just their ego that that yeah, yeah. Right, like it'll keep them from engaging in a conversation like this. Like the fact that there are so many guys that want to do this and talk about this shit is astounding. I didn't expect to get so many responses, but you know, it really speaks. And it's it's okay that we go on tangents, like we did that in the last episode. Um, but a lot of people get to see like our dynamic. They get to see how we operate, and they're like, okay. They're talking about toxic masculinity. They're talking about, you know, all of this problematic shit. But here they are engaging. We're sitting in Nick's room right now. I'm literally sitting on his bed. Comfortable as shit, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you already know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit comfortable. <laughs> I can't stand you. I'm just fuck. saying, you know. Continue that part. What you need to do is put in the little cl- snippet of the, the stuff from earlier, you know. I deleted it. I deleted it. Oh, shit. I deleted it. I should have kept that. He, he, made, he made some noises. Yeah, he made, made some made, noises. Made some noises with the bed and started making some Hey, man. <laughs> My bed is off the shit. I got a lot of pillows. Me too. I need to get some Yo, more. hook it up for what is that, though. Yeah, so I'm sad. I'm sad. Slobber stains. Yeah, right. Slobber. Sometimes I miss, man. Hey, hey. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do, hey. man. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. I, I respect your agency. You feel me? So yeah. even joking about that shit, like we are so comfortable in ourselves and with each other that we man, can we can talk weird. like that, like. And I feel toxic like toxic masculinity. <laughs> we that's talking about sex and shit. You. That's definitely. That's shut up! I'm no. trying to make a point. Hey, fuck your point. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> That's definitely needed in today's society. We need men to be more vulnerable, be open to being open. Feel me? Like I feel like a lot of the world's problems could be solved by men getting rid of the ego and really just speaking their truth and, and really letting. Excuse me. Really letting their emotions out, because plenty of times in our own lives we've been able to avoid conflict, we've been able to avoid strife or turmoil just by being open and you know really talking about our feelings and shit. So I find this is a really good start to this conversation. This I I really might do like three parts. I'm gonna keep going as long as dudes want to talk about this. It might be a while before I go to the next topic, honestly. Um, but yeah, I thank y'all for being on this. We're definitely gonna talk some more, you know. Again, it's definitely gonna happen. Um, but I appreciate y'all, y'all my niggas. True. I love y'all. Peace, love, and happiness. Yeah. Oh, and tell your people you love them. God damn it. Hey Brandon, I love you. You better hey, love Nick, me. I love you. You better love Sometimes. me. Motherfucker. 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 Donations. I thought it was trash. <laughs> That's been all. Stay tuned for part two. As always, peace and love to you and yours.